Blog Talk Radio. Hello and good morning. You're listening to Queer Talk, an LGBT Hero Awards talk radio show. I'm your host, Xavier Mejia. The LGBT Hero Awards talk radio is a listener-funded progressive station that interviews guests from the world of entertainment, art and community, politics, public health, and business. Today's episode is brought to you by our sponsors, Jeanette Razzo, Robin Huntingdale, Danny Gonzalez, and Justin Emmerich. Thank you for your support. Today is Sunday, March 29, 2015. The time is 10 a.m. On today's episode, A Mother's Love, we'll be talking to Ophelia Barbara. We'll be, we'll be listening to her love story as a mom to a transgender daughter. Her daughter, Zoe Luna, is my co-host this morning. Stay tuned for their own radio show with the LGBT Hero Awards Talk Radio later in April. Today's feature episode music is performed by Leo Vargas. To obtain more information about Leo Vargas, visit our website, lgbtherowards.com. Go under Talk Radio. Last week, we looked at transphobia and homophobia told through the art of theater. We were joined by John Copeland to discuss the remount of Anita Bryant's Playboy interview. It's currently playing live at the Cavern Club Theater, and it goes through April 10th. Correction, it's playing Friday, April 10th, and Saturday, April 11th at 9 p.m. You can obtain ticket information at cavernclubtheater.com or paperbrowntickets.com. We were also joined by the cast of Under My Skin, their show is now playing through April 30th, and tickets can also be obtained through paperbrowntickets.com. Or brownpapertickets.com. You can also get information by calling 917-689-4569. Last week's feature episode music was performed by Graymo Suspect. To obtain more information on Graymo Suspect, you can also visit our website. If you'd like to call in to speak with us, you can do so by calling 323-870-3984. Now let's take a listen to Leo Vargas' song, Perfect World. The power is in our hands. If we just have faith, that we can make a perfect world. Un mundo perfecto. Como pase. Hay una perfecta vida. A perfect world. Un mundo perfecto. Everyone would have a place to go 
That was Leo Vargas' song, A Perfect World. Thank you for listening. You're listening to Queer Talk, an LGBT Hero Awards talk radio show. I'm your host, Xavier Mejia, and joining me this morning is my co-host, Zoe Luna. Hi, Zoe. How are you? Hi, Xavier. I'm actually really good this morning. I'm kind of tired, but I'm excited to be here today. So you were here the night of the launch, and... Thank you for being here. I know we were having a little bit of, of uh, trial and error on our first night. And part of what you were talking about that night was the work that you've been doing with the teen line. Can you share with us a little bit? Can you give us an update about what's going on with that? How did you get involved? Well, I don't remember exactly how I got involved. I remember my mom telling me about it, and I was like, oh, oh, yes, I do. My friend Chris Murphy, he asked my mom if he would like to if we would like to be interviewed and we would like to, and well, if I would like to share a little bit about my life um, on a video to help other teens know that suicide is not the answer and that we should, if if they ever need anyone to talk to, basically you could call teen hotline, uh, teenline dot, um, dot org. So, yeah. And what is it that you're doing with them exactly? And we were talking about this earlier. Uh, I think there's a a video or something about your life, right? Yeah. So we did a video. Uh, It was kind of like an interview. And then, uh, well, yeah, it was an interview. interview. Um, It was an interview about my life and my bullying, well, mainly my bullying experience and how much better it is now that I can live my life freely and comfortably as myself, as Zoe Luna, and not someone else, and um, how I went through my bullying and what advice I had for people who were going through bullying. And so I think the whole purpose of the video was to teach kids in schools because I think that's what's mainly going to be targeted, um, schools. So this would be played during schools and stuff like that. And, yeah, it's a way to um, help kids understand that, there's other options than hurting themselves, and there's other people that are just like them. So, yeah. Well, thank you for the work that you're doing with them. So the uh, website is teenlineonline.org, and the phone number for Teenline is 310-855-4673. What else do you have going on? I, every time I, I see your Facebook post, you're out and about, if it's not one rally, if it's not another public speaking moment, it just seems like you're running around town doing, you know, stuff with your mom, and you guys are very involved in each other's lives. So what's what's going on? What what else can you share with us at this time? Well, I did go to my first rally with Bambi Salcedo. Um, I think it was la- I th- it was Friday. No, 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 not this Friday. It was the last. It was the Friday before this one. And I went to it. It was my first rally. I was a little bit worried when I went there because I'm not a, a conflict person. I think I don't. I don't like causing problems. I'm. I'm a very. Sh- I'm a shy person on the inside, so I don't like a lot of noise and I don't like disruptances. But it was. It was a really fun event, and I think it got the word out that you know this is who we are. We need to stand up. We need to show people that we as a community are growing, but at the same time, we are dying. We need to create a security. We need to have more security in our community because if this has been too much, we've been dying way too many times, and they're killing my sisters and my brothers, and it's not fair. I think that 
It was a really good experience. I heard some very good thoughts and positive things. And it was on, um, and also on April 8th, uh, I'm going to do a training for the West Hollywood Sheriff's Department, um, a sensitive, a sensitivity training. So I'm going to go talk to the Sheriff's Department and I'm going to explain to them about transgender, uh, about how, what ways they can help us as transgender people and how they could make us feel more safe. So, yeah. Well, when I was 13 years old, I, I was watching Saved by the Bell. <laughs> um, I, I just, again, I, I'm constantly impressed with the level of work that you're involved in. And, you know, Bambi Sotelo is an ex-coworker of mine. And I totally respect the uh, movement she's helping develop and, and execute. And so it's really interesting to see how we're evolving as a community and where we're going and the, the the means of expression. And, you know, last week we were talking about transphobia and homophobia through uh, storytelling and theater. And, you know, there's so many ways to get involved. And so if anyone wants to get more information about Zoe Luna and, you know, how can they contact you? Is there, is there a way for them to, you know, request information about the projects that you're working on? Yes. Well, I mean, I'm 13 right now, so um, I think the best way is to get information from my mom. But um, my mom does know my email, and she does check. So if anyone wants my email, this is my email. Um, it's Luna Zoe Z O E Y for Zoe, and 12 at yahoo.com. If anyone wants to talk to me, also um, I don't know my mom's email. What's your email, mom? It's uh, ophidaphne at yahoo.com. And this leads us to the part of the interview. Um, the, the reason the episode is called A Mother's Love is we have Ophelia Barbara here, um, who is Zoe Luna's mom. And in getting to know Zoe, you have to get to know her mom. And um, one of the things, that Ophelia and I talked about early on is the kind of relationship that, that I wanted to help develop with Zoe. And, uh, and I said, you know, I'm very particular about um, having young people connected to me on Facebook. You know, I just, it's not a very comfortable feeling, you know, and I, so I spoke with Ophelia and I said, Ophelia, you know, um, I, I really admire the the attention that you give Zoe. Um, it, it comes with a lot of love, a lot of respect, and especially a lot of guidance. So I, you know, I reached out to you and, and made sure that you were aware that we were connecting on Facebook. And you know, one of the things that you said to me that eased my my nerves was that. Don't worry. I have all her her passwords. I see everything that happens. It's, it's a very transparent line of communication. So you just earned my respect the moment I heard you say that. So thank you. Bravo to you. Um, I'm going to give this mic really uh, to my co-host, Zoe, who's really going to be conducting the, the larger part of the interview. And thank you both for being here. And, um, you know, if our listeners want more information on uh, this particular 
uh, interview or any other, you can always go to our website, which is www.lgbthereawards.com, and go under Talk Radio. The interviews are um, downloadable, and you can share them with others. Um, it's a great way to share resources with people experiencing similar um, situations, and it's just a great way to let other people know that they're not alone. So uh, please go ahead and share the information. If you also want to call during the show, you can do so by calling us directly at 323-870-3984. Our show is only going up to uh, 11 this morning. So if you'd like to call us between now and then, you can do so by calling at uh, calling us at 323-870-3984. So, Lisa, why don't I uh, hand it over to you at this time? Thank you. All right. So um, I made a list of questions for my mom. These are some questions that I don't necessarily know a lot about. I may know, like, a little bit of background, but I don't know 100% about my mom, even. but that's kind of weird. Uh, so I wanted to know, when did you know that activism would be such a big part of your life, or did you know? Well, uh, first of all, thank you for having me, and um, uh, thank you, Xavier, for putting on this show. I think it's very important that we that we have this for the community. Um, to answer that question, I actually didn't know that activism was going to be a big part of my life. Um, I think it was accidental or just came along with the fact that I had to advocate for your rights is how I ended up here. Um, activism, I, the word is, is such a big word. It's such a big responsible word. And uh, I believe that I still have a lot more to do kind of like it's just a big word for me I feel that what I'm doing is just advocating for your rights and making sure that you're okay and then hopefully along the way we'll touch another parent or another family but I believe I still have a long way to go before I say I'm an activist a true activist (laughs) Um, there are some parents out there that are already doing amazing work also so but no, I never thought I would be doing this, actually. <laughs> I did it at all. I love the fact how my mom could let me know that, in a way that she can let me know that I should maintain humble. I, I, I think I try and get that from her. She's very humble. She doesn't want to admit some of the times, because I think she is a gigantic activist, and I love, well, I love my mom because, you know, I came out of her, I mean... So, yeah, I mean, I think my mom's the coolest mom. So, yeah. Um, Now, also, I've been really, really curious. What was your first experience with someone who was transgender besides me? Um, Wow. I think only a couple of people know this. Uh, The first transgender person that I met um, was when I was a teen. A young lady... I don't know if I could use her name. I haven't seen her in years. Her name was Clarita. And we all knew she was transgender. Uh, Of course, that word is new in our vocabulary for me, people my age at least. Um, But yeah, I I remember her well. 
beautiful young lady. I don't think I ever saw her any other way than who she presented to be, which was beautiful female, young, teenage transgender uh, woman. Uh, she was accepted in our group and our friends. Uh, I don't know that I ever considered any difference there. Maybe that's in a way a good thing because it kind of prepared me and I who would have thought right that I was going to go through this but um, maybe it was just a good thing that I met all sorts of different people throughout my life and I didn't have a problem accepting diversity is that the right word I don't uh, know yeah, I yeah. So, yeah. Um, so yeah so my first experience was with a young woman she was another teenage friend and she was well accepted amongst all our friends. There was really nothing different about her. She was just one of our friends. That's it. That's great. Thank you, Mom. Um, I love how honest you are with people, and I think that's a great thing about you, that you're very honest and you can tell a story. You really can. Um, <laughs> all right, so this one's a little, maybe a little bit on the Com- uh, uncomfortable side, but when I came out to you, what was your biggest fear? Knowing that you had me as a trans person, what was your biggest fear for yourself? The biggest fear for myself, not you. The biggest, well, first let's go back. I already sort of knew before you came out, so it's I knew what was going on before it led up to you completely knowing who you were, um, per se. My biggest fear as a person, as an adult, as a parent, was just how to keep you safe. Um, The second was, and I'll be honest, because this happens to a lot of parents, whether it be someone that's gay trans, lesbian, bi. I think most parents, if not uh, some, are afraid of how the other family members are going to react towards you. That Let's just be honest. Um, I can't say that I wasn't concerned about that. I was concerned about that. Second, was there, or third, what, right? <laughs> yeah. Third would be, what would I do? How do I handle this? How do I approach the rest of the family, uh, the community, the our you know society, seeing as how badly people are treating treated just for being different, you know? So I think the main main focus was fear. As an adult person, how would I help you get through this, and how would I help myself get through it? Um, was I going to have to fight? Was I going to be able to protect you? Those were my biggest worries. So going back to that part where you said you were very, you didn't know how you were going to help me. If you could ever go back to yourself, like say you could travel into the future, what would you say to yourself to make your, I think the best way to say is to make yourself feel comfortable and have an idea of what you would what would you say to yourself in that moment of uncertainty? I suppose I'll say what I keep saying to myself, which is you have to keep moving forward. 
and you have to do what's best for your family and you have to do what's best for your child. Um, what what would I rather have, my child with me or my child lost? Um, I think the biggest thing is making sure we break that cycle of homelessness, uh, children on the street, being abused by adults. Um, I think that's what I would tell myself. Remember the clear path, which is that you need to take care of your children and you need to get them where they need to be to be successful adults. So I would just remind myself that I can do this and that I can figure it out one way or the other. Does that make sense to you? I mean, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I think that was really beautiful. Um, so the next question is, because I, I, I see you as a gigantic activist, activist um, what have you learned about being um, – wait, let me re-say that. What have you learned about life as an LGBT community ally, ally and also an activist? And also, what have you learned about yourself? If you haven't, then I don't know. <laughs> uh, first, I've learned about myself that I am stronger than I thought I was. Um, I've learned how to say, no, you're not going to do this to my child. No, I will not allow you to treat my child differently. Um, That's a big word, no. And not a lot of us can use it. I certainly didn't know how to use it before this. I've learned um, from you an incredible amount of strength and bravery and resilience. Uh, That's what I've learned. I've learned from the community so many things. I'm still forever learning. Always will be learning. Um, I've learned how to use the correct pronouns. It's a big deal. Um, Not to assume anything and always ask questions. It's fair to ask questions. Absolutely. I've learned... um, what else did you ask me? What did I learn about myself? No, I, I, you answered that one. Um, I did? <laughs> what did you learn about life? Life? That is the struggle, and you just have to keep going up. But that's that's the normal part of life, <laughs> I think, right? Um, and I've also learned that you can make things better, and you can have a voice, and you should have a voice and be able to stand up and say, no, I don't need to apologize for who I am. I don't need to apologize for what I believe in or how I should live. I have that right as a human being. It's a basic right that should not be trampled by anyone. Um, I'm not a perfect person, but I do believe that we all have a right to be exactly who we are, whatever it is that we are, or whoever it is that we are as people, because we're humans. Or people, and we should be respected for that. That's really beautiful. I think at the same time, I've kind of learned that too, but I feel like I've learned that more from you. I I didn't know. I've always saw you as that very strong person. I've always seen you as, no, I can do what I want. I I usually aspire from you. I I look up to you when you, because 
when I'm with you, you show me that I could be who I am as a person and I could say no when I have rights. And I think I've learned that a lot from you that I can definitely put my foot down to anyone who says something to me because you've given me so much security and so much strength by being so protective. So I want to thank you, Mom. Wow, thank you very much. <laughs> so, um, I've never heard that. <laughs> oh, oh my God, lies. The lies, co- the lies coming out of her mouth. <laughs> okay, oh, <laughs> so the next question is, all right, so what was your first impression on this wild, powerful, growing community that is the LGBTQ community? What was, in, in other words, how did you feel at uh, your first something like what something that like say trans pride? How did what was your reaction to it? What did you take off of that? Um, first, the the biggest thing I learned was that there were heroes out there, honestly, that there were people willing to help you whether they knew you or not. Um, if it's okay, I'm gonna just shout out there to uh, James Gillen and Joy Hernandez, who were the the first that came to our aid, one of the two of the first people that came to our aid. Um, they were amazing. I didn't know there were people that did such work to help others in need like us. Because if you remember, we were really at a loss of what yeah. to do looking for help when things were really bad. Uh, the second time, the second time that I was amazed at what the community was, was we were at the youth, uh, when you received your youth leadership honorary award at the, CSW. at the brunch at CSW. I was amazed at the amount of people that were getting awards there, uh, particularly Los Payasos. I didn't know it that in my own community, <laughs> Hispanic community, there was groups of people doing the good work to help others, you know? And um, that was, like, eye-opening to me. All these people, they don't know each other, but they're all together building community, which was incredibly beautiful. Then we went to Trans Pride. Mm -hmm. That was also big. I was like, wow, look at this. There's a number. There's more people. And then I thought, there's really a need for parents to be here to witness that their children don't need to be alone, that there's people out there that want to help us, that want to be part of our community, our chosen family. So I really took that as like, that was really eye-opening after feeling so alone for such a long time and not knowing what to do, um, not finding any help, and being uh, basically harassed for trying to defend my daughter, um, so, yeah, I think those three instances, finding help, seeing what they were doing to recognize people that were helping, and also the community coming together at TransPride. So those three things were like the pillars to what I feel that we need to share with the rest of the world, that it's we are a community even us cisgender people, like they call us, <laughs> or moms or dads, right? We are a community. We can stick together, bind together, and show our love for our family members. 
I think that's what I find incredible in this community and loving. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I think this may might be the last question unless I come up with something in my brain. Um, so I wanted to say, so many people who have relationships with other with a person. Um, wait, let me start off. So a lot of people don't realize this, but people who know each other, like say, um, people who know trans people, gay people, lesbian people, queer people, bisexual people, they don't realize it, but like brothers or sisters or moms or dads, or or boyfriends or girlfriends or whatever, they all have coming out stories because they have a story that they're telling someone else's story, but at the same time, they're telling their story about how they know someone who's a certain way, like either they're gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, or queer. So what I'm getting to is that since everyone really does have a coming out story, what was your type of coming out story? And how exactly, how did you feel about coming out? Because I kind of want to switch the tables around, so. <laughs> you mean coming out as a, Mother to a transgender exactly. uh, daughter. Wow. Uh, coming out. I think the day we went shopping, I already knew she was transgender. But the day that you transitioned completely, like, uh, is that a, if that's a correct way to say it. The day we went shopping for your clothes, at JCPenney's, I'm not trying to throw out a commercial out there. I'm sorry, I hope I'm not doing that. I don't want to advertise, but we went to this particular department store. And um, I think that was my coming out because that's when I, I said, okay, uh, this is what we're doing. And I think it was a collective in the family when we all, I said, we had decided we were going to come out at home first and then slowly. And then what was it that your brother said? Oh no, if she's gonna do it, just let her do it. Just let her do it. You know, yeah. And um, so uh, that was that was one part of it. And then the decision on the name, we did a family collective also on that one. No. Well, kind of. Well, it was more like you. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, yes, it was me. Um, Let me jump in. So (laughs) this is what happened. Me, all right, so it was, like, the fourth day that I was myself, and the two, three days before the fourth day, everyone was like, what do I call you? What is your name? Like, what do you want us to call you? And, all right, so I'm explain. I was into the Teen Titans a lot, another advertising moment. Um, so I really felt connected with the character Raven. So at that time, I wanted to be named Raven, but... I don't think that fits me at all anymore. So, well, I never did. So I wanted to be called Raven, and then my mom was like, no, that is not happening. So, <laughs> so. I still had some input there. Yeah. So she, <laughs> we're thinking of names, and she, like, goes across the name Zoe. And I was like, that sounds cool, but don't you think people would make fun of me and be like, oh, you're just trying to be like Zoe 101 or, like, stuff like that. And I was like. And then she was like, no, I think it's you too. And I was like, okay, let's go for it. Let's, Yeah, so that was the finding of Zoe Luna. <laughs> yeah, so, all right, go, continue. <laughs> well, I, I think Zoe was a good name because I think Zoe means life. That's the definition for Zoe. So that, I figured, uh, that and there was a Z there that I like. 
I like now that's all I'm going into it. The Z was there, so Z and life and Zoe, so it fit well. Anyways, let's get back to the coming out story. So I think the big moment was when we were in this particular department store, and she she tried on a dress for the first time, and she walked out. <laughs> it was a very lively purple pink brown brown plaid dress remember that it looks like a little like uh like a little snitchel girl right i mean she because it really hit me at that point okay we're finally here that's how i felt (laughs) like a relief you know and um it was still scary not gonna lie and uh, I wanted her to make the right choices on the clothes because, you know, I am mom. But that was my coming out, I think. The moment that she said, this is me. This is, dress is so soft. So it made sense to me. <laughs> I looked at her and the whole persona, the whole little child that was there in that dress came to be Zoe at that moment. It's it's just, it's a really weird experience, but it's something that I already knew. But looking at her at that moment, it said, oh, this makes sense. They're two and two. It's always been there. It's just now it's put together like it should be. I don't know if that makes sense, but that's exactly how I felt. And that that was my coming out story. So there you go. So I think that that answers most of my questions, but I think that um, I I loved what you said a lot. I thought that was like the best answer, but I feel like it wasn't necessarily what I was asking. I think, um, sorry, I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. So I think what I was trying to ask, not how you, like, not the moment where you found out that like, like, like hit, like that was who she was. I'm, I'm like more asking like, what was your story to other people? Like, how did you come out? See, because I get how you're telling me about how it happened, but how did it come out? Like, when you had to explain it to people, what was your way of telling it? Because, like, my coming out story is more like, it's not about, I'm not asking when was the first time you understood that, yes, this is going to be forever her. This is who she is. I she's This is who she is. I'm asking more, what was it like to come out to other people? And how? And if you could give an example, how was it to, wait, uh, how was it to, um, like, what was the best answer for you? Like, for example, my question, uh, for exa- example, my coming out was more like, so, um, I'm transgender. I hope you could accept it. Like, that was how I came out to most people. Um like okay so if you want to answer if you would yes i do want to answer that um i believe that uh i don't think it was ever hard to tell anyone so that part of the story um everyone that knows me and i'm not sure if you're aware of this but everyone that knows me since you were since i know that you were trans which is maybe like when you were 3 years old <laughs> Two years old, four years old, when you started expressing yourself, um, everybody else around me knew. The people that knew were the people that were my friends. The people that knew were family members. I never hid it. I always said you were very special. 
That was the word I used. And it's not a bad bad way to explain it. It was it was just my way of explaining it. She's different. Of course, the pronouns weren't there. Yeah. Um, because I still didn't know what it was that she needed at that point. But anyways, uh, everybody knew I could actually say, well, no, see, my little person, that's how I'm going to use it because I don't want to go back to that other stuff. Um, my little person, my child expresses herself better as a girl. So everybody knew. There's not one person that I think didn't know. The thing was, when you transition, that's when everybody kind of got it. Got it. When it hit them in the face. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but no, that was okay. So if that's what you're asking, how did I tell people? How, yeah. That's how it happened. I just simply say, well, yeah, she's transgender. She's a child that was born. Uh, she really is. And people will ask me still, and I'll just say, yeah. That's my daughter, and that's it. Because I think we've had this conversation where I had to explain to you, I've never seen you anything other than who you are. Mm -hmm. So the only puzzle piece that needed to come together was this, Mm -hmm. the presenting part. And then that's it. It just, boom, it's there. Does that that make sense? That answers my question. Okay, great. So I think I've come... To, I okay. see your yes. tough interview. <laughs> Thank you. I should be that for a living. No, I'm kidding. Um, so I think I came up with a couple more questions if we have enough time. So I think that I know this is one conversation that you hate having. So I think that's the best convo convos to have on interviews. So okay. So this is all right. So. <laughs> So this one's about, because I think parents all have this problem with whether a person is trans or gay or lesbian or bi, and they're, it's their child. They all want to know the best ways to handle it. So this one is, yes, about dating. <laughs> so, okay. So I guess my question is, I have three questions. It's a three-parter. So what is it that makes you so scared about dating for me? And the second one is, if I ever, if someone ever found me and I found them and we both accepted each other, if the person accepted me, would you be like, okay, yeah, or would you be like, no, too young? And also, I think it's just a two-parter now that I'm thinking about it, but what is it that makes it so scary for you? And is it that you are afraid of letting go to me as growing up? I guess, I think that's a question. Yeah, that's the question, so. Um, first, I think, Missy, you're too young to date. <laughs> Second, it's uh, dating is a, a sign of growing up, and most parents, again, whether you're LGBTQ or not, you don't want your kids to date until, <laughs> like, they're 50. Um, and probably that's how I would like that. Uh, I think, no, on a serious note, I think uh, whatever it is, whoever you are, just as a human being, parents are always going to be afraid of your child getting hurt because 
Some of us don't react good to watching our children get hurt. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> anyways, no, not me. And, uh, but, yeah, I think that would be one thing. Uh, I think because of your status, that is double-fold for me because I want to make sure that the person that's approaching you is aware, mm-hmm. but that would be up to you, of course, yeah. at a really later date. <laughs> Um, not yet, right? So um, that's the main fear, that they approach you correctly and that uh-huh. they're aware if that's how you want it. And um, I I kind of the word accept only because we have to use it, but otherwise it should be the person loves you, so there's no reason to say accept. But anyways, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the other second one? Um, if there was someone that I ever met that actually did accept or what was, yeah, if there was a, if there was a person that I ever did meet that accepted me for who I was and did like me, what would be your answer to that? I I would be incredibly happy. (laughs) I would because everybody deserves to have love in their life and a partner and, and, uh, share their they're good and bad with them and, and grow up and grow together. Everybody should have that, experience that. And all I can think is why wouldn't they accept you? I think you're a great kid. <laughs> but still, again, until you're way older. So like a couple months? No, <laughs> so like a couple of hundred years maybe. I don't know. No, it's just that's a hard question for me. Dating is a big deal for me. Safety, um, someone that lo- there's going to be a lot of that and uh, chaperones there. But, yeah, I think it, any parent would be concerned about that. Um doesn't matter who you are, who you're presenting as or whatever it is. It's just that someone loves you in a, and is honest and truthful to you and that you are ready for it also. You have to be mature for it. Um, so, yeah, that's how I see it. Thank you, Mom. I think that was all my questions, but I know Xavier would like to ask some questions, too, so pass it to him. <laughs> I think our listeners got a preview of what a show with Zoe Luna and Ophelia Barbara would be like. <laughs> um, I had to ask for the tissue box. I mean, seriously, what you're both uh, sharing with us today is a gift Um and a window into your lives and a much more intimate view into your lives. And I thank you for opening your heart and your stories with us. Um, Not everybody has an opportunity to, to feel safe at home and to experience an an, um, endless amount of love from a parent um, and, and it could be for several reasons. Sometimes parents may not have the tools or guidance to know how to uh, cope with their own feelings, their own fears, right. and and maybe become reactionary. Um, and it could be for several reasons, and we could the list can go on. Um, I want to talk to you, Ophelia, a little bit about what allowed you to recognize that there there were other options that you didn't have to you know fought, uh, you know um 
but you didn't have to embrace any of the fear-based uh, thoughts or messages that are out there. And, you know, we, we see a lot of that. You know, we have um, different states trying to create laws that um, ban uh, homosexuality or um, create a distance between, you know, faith and and gender identity and and loving someone of the same gender and all of that and then in California you we were just talking about this last week about this act that was proposed by a lawyer out of Orange County um that would legalize the the shooting of queer people um and so i mean all of that is heavy you know it's heavy for the 13-year-old to hear those messages. It's heavy for the person living the experience, and it's heavy to be the parent and, and to know that this exists out there. Uh, so I want to spend a little bit of time talking to you about what was that moment that allowed you to, to confront the outside world differently. Um, I know that there's an agency that's been um, – your ally and has been there by your side. Uh, can you share with us a little bit about this agency? Um, I'll, I'll let you introduce them. Um, and I do have the website available that I'll put, post on our website later for as a resource. But can you share with us a little bit about this? Yes, I think that um, the fact that I knew, like I said before, that there were people out there, real heroes, uh, they were fighting on behalf of our rights. Um, and I say ours because we are a family that needed help. Um, why did I? Uh, that's the ACLU, excuse me. Um, and it was, uh, I think, the students' rights, the LGBTQ students' rights department or something like that. And I'm sorry if I don't know the exact name, but I do know uh, the two people that actually came to us. And that was James Gilliam, Deputy District Director of the ACLU, and Joy Hernandez. They were at our house, and they just made me feel like I had a voice. They actually made me feel like you already have it. You can use it. You don't have to stay quiet, and we're here to back you up. And that alone right there, to have someone to help you, um, navigate through that fear of, of using your voice is the biggest thing ever for a parent. It empowers you. That's the word, empowerment. And that's what they gave me. Um, why didn't I succumb to my fears as some parents do? And I don't blame them. I understand them. I can see both sides. I didn't succumb to my fears because, first of all, she's very important to me. Her life matters to me because she's valuable um i'm i'm a very uh loud uh blunt kind of straightforward parent um and very flawed at times so i feel kind of weird when everybody says all these really nice things and i thank them but you should see me at home when the doors are closed <laughs> anyways um I, why didn't I succumb to my fears? I didn't because, like I said, she's valuable. She's important. She's my daughter. She's my child. 
She deserves to be who she is. She deserves to live. A horrible person. I'm going to say that. He's a horrible person in Huntington Beach because that's where this person comes from. That wants, yes, that lawyer. I'm ashamed to even go to work there. Um, I work in Huntington Beach, and every time I drive in there, I'm thinking, there's a person here that wants to kill off my child. That's horrible to think. Who is this person? Why? What did my child do to him? What? I I don't understand it. My question to him would be, what are you afraid of? Why would you want to do something like that? But anyway, that's for something else. But yeah, I didn't succumb to those fears because, like I said, she's important. She has a future and she should have the right to live out her life as she would want to live it. She should be able to succeed in life, be a productive member of society like she is today. And ultimately because she's my kid, she's my child. And I'm here to stand with her and protect her. I would hate to see her go through anything. So, yes, that's why. Thank you. Thank you. I um, We're starting to get ready to wrap up the show here. I want to say thank you to my co-host. I look forward to having you back as my co-host in the, in the next few weeks. We're taking next week off because it's a, it's a holiday. Um, but... We'll, we'll see you the week after that, and soon, very soon in April, we'll see your show roll out, and <laughs> that'll be fun. I think, you know, um, it's well anticipated, and we can see why. I want to remind our listeners that they're listening to Queer Talk and LGBT Hero, LGBT Hero Awards Talk Radio Show, and the LGBT Hero Awards Talk Radio Show is a listener-funded progressive station that interviews guests from the world of entertainment, art and community, politics, public health and business. Today's episode was funded by Jeanette Razo, Robin Huntingdale, Danny Gonzalez, and Justin Emmerich. Thank you. And we're going to uh, be listening to a song from uh, by Leo Vargas. This one is, I, uh, what is it? Don't Want to Go. And... Ladies, thank you for joining me. It's been a pleasure, and most of all, it's been an honor. So thank you very much. And, you know, um, if anyone wants more information about our show or our guests, you could always visit us on our website at www.lgbthearawards.com and uh, specifically under Talk Radio. Everyone, have a great Sunday, and thank you for joining us this morning.
that brought me life Now it's not the same You no longer want me by your side I know you don't want to Mi alma y corazón 